0: Hey, hey everybody! I want to welcome you to tonight's show. Yeah, I do. Okay. So I was reading Hot Rod earlier today. And I was also reading... Let's see here. My dad's magazine. This is... Car and Driver. Okay. What are you looking at? (laughs) So I want to share a couple of things with you out of these two car magazines. You might be wondering... What does cars, or what do cars, have to do with the gospel?
1: What do cars have to do with the gospel? Well,
0: I can tell you, all right? Because I am a um, really good at at showing people how they can share the gospel using any type of media, okay? So that's what I'm going to do for you right now. I'm going to show you a trick I learned many years ago, okay? So, but before I do, hi! (laughs) Hey, do me a favor, share this out wherever you're at, if you don't mind. If you like the show, please share it out, because, you know, somebody else might want to see it, and you never know who might tune in and hear hear what God wants them to hear. Okay? All right. Thank you for that. All right, I'm going to tune down this music here. Okay, okay. We're going to get to the title of the show, which I think is something about... 50 Reasons Why We're in the End Times, right? Okay. Well, Bareface is going to address some of that, but I want to talk to you tonight, just for a few minutes, about how you can reach people um, with the gospel, even if you don't think you can. And all it does is it takes a little bit of Sanctified imagination. So, earlier tonight, I was looking at my dad's magazine, uh, Hot Rod. Okay, so this is the latest issue uh, cheap crate engine, buyer's guide, Hot Rod, and there's some really super cools there, three of a kind. Okay, and so I was looking at the cover, and because the number one thing you have to know in a ma- regarding marketing, not that I'm an expert, but when it comes to magazines, there's a reason they put stuff on the front cover, right? There's a reason that layout is that way. There's a reason why they have a little blurb over there. There's a reason they put the headline that they put, three of a kind. Um, i got to move my hand there. Over here. Move my hand. Okay. Three of a kind rescued and rebuilt these cars are the definition of long-term commitment. Alright, so in my head, when I read that headline, I immediately thought of the Trinity. Okay, <laughs> you might be going, huh, what What are you talking about? But well, let's look at this, okay, let's look at this just for, let's break it down just for a second. Okay, we got three of a kind. So, you got the Holy, you got the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit rescued and rebuilt. Huh, I wonder what that does. Do you think God rescues us and rebuilds us through the Holy Spirit? Yeah, you do. Okay, and then check this. These cars are the definition of long-term commitment. What if you were to put these people are the definition of long-term commitment? If you want to use the same lingo, you could do that. So, how may you tie hot rod into sharing the gospel you could say well you know the other day i was reading hot rod magazine my favorite magazine and uh it was super cool on the front they had um a nova by the way 1969 nova it turns out actually i had a relative that had a, a nova i've been in one myself to be honest um and also 1944 which is really cool but and then at the bottom here they got um the 1967 belvedere which is also a pretty amazing magazine. But the wording is interesting. So three of a kind. So it's talking about these different cars, right? You got that one, got that one, and then you got the one on the bottom here, right down there, okay? And they're talking about how these cars are rescued and rebuilt. Now let me ask you something. As a Christian, when God rescued you, what is his job but not to rebuild you, right? Okay, you see the tie-in? Okay, this is not a stretch. Okay, these cards are the definition of long-term commitment. Well, hopefully, Lord willing, if you become a follower of Jesus, you're going to have long-term commitment. All right, so that's, that's just really quick how you could use that. Now, in this magazine, we have car and driver. What are you looking at? Drive the BMW M4 and you'll agree it's not about the nose. Okay, so here is the cover, car and driver. What are you looking at? <laughs> well, it's a—it's not about the nose, which is, you know, right here, you know, on the, on the thing there. I can't do that very thing. But, hey, let's just admit, man, some of these cars are super awesome looking. You know, I, I own a convertible Sebring and it's uh, what year is it Randall? 2006. Six. I own a 2006 car. Uh, it has a key. It doesn't have any electronics in it like, my, like the new cars. But anyway, as I'm flipping through this magazine car driver, <clears throat> I noticed a couple of things. Like number one, uh, I noticed that if you go to the editor's letter, in inside the magazine it's titled now we wait i'm gonna read this to you Uh, and by the way this is written by a woman uh there is a the editor-in-chief of car and driver magazine is a girl people um her name is sharon silk cardi that's what she says she says here now we wait the ripple effect of the pandemic has hit the auto industry where it hurts, right smack dab in the supply chain. The microchips that control everything from your 30-way power-adjustable massage seat. (laughs) My seat gets massaged on the freeway when we're like this. (laughs) Anyway, that was supposed to be funny. Anyway, um, uh, from massage seat to your engine's fuel injectors uh, are as scarce as toilet paper was a year ago. That messes things up for automakers, which can no longer build as many cars as they'd like. As we went to press, the chip shortage was stopping production of almost 2 million vehicles globally. For a list of affected North American-made models, check out our piece on page 20, which if I desire to, I will. This is not the first time something like this has happened. In 2004, a booming Chinese economy uh, suddenly meant automakers couldn't find steel. That shortage sent GM to court with two of its suppliers overpricing, and Nissan and Suzuki paused production altogether. A violent labor dispute at a transmission parts supplier in India forced Ford to temporarily stop production at its Oakville, Ontario plant in 2009. Luckily, nobody seemed to notice or care that there weren't as many Ford flexes on Dealer lots. In 2011, the the tsunami that hit Japan wreaked havoc throughout the supply chain, even limiting the color of car you would find, etc, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so one of the things in this article that it's basically talking about is the interruption in the supply chain, right? So how could you use this topic? How could you use this to to share the gospel? It's really easy. All you got to do is talk about how when you're in the world and you're lost, and all of a sudden something comes and interrupts your life, and it shows you. It's a wake-up call for your life. And the wake-up call is that you need to repent of your sins, because if you don't, you're in big trouble, mister. And that wake-up call is when Jesus comes in, you accept him, and all of a sudden your life is disrupted, you no longer have a disruption in your supply chain because God comes in and fills the gap that you need. Okay. Further on in this thing, there's actually another article written by another woman titled Adult Education. Of course, my first thought was adult education. That's college. But this article here (laughs) uh, is titled Adult Education, the Freedom of a Driver's License Thrills at Any Age. I'm not going to read the article, but they highlighted a quote from the article here. Okay. And here, there it is right there. I'm going to hold it up to the camera. So it says here, helping students get over their internalized fears is as much a part of a driving instructor's job as teaching them when to start signaling ahead of a turn.
1: They teach that?
0: Apparently. you never know it. So so how would I use this to open up a conversation about Jesus or or uh, or something? Really easy, actually. So you look at this and um, the heading right above here, you can't probably see it because it's really little, but it's right right over there. Right there, it's small. It says Therapeutic driving now you know it's so funny because I personally don't get really all that upset in traffic for the most part I'm very laid back in fact I used to I used to drive when I was younger I used to drive when I was angry in order to help calm myself down I got over that I learned self-control by driving when I was mad it's a true story that's what I had to do um, there's not a lot that gets me really upset when I drive Randall on the other hand he's I'm always talking about whoever is around us, me. I'm just like, would you shut up, Randall? You know, just shush. I don't want to hear that. Anyway, um, but this quote caught my attention because it says here, helping students get over their internalized fears is as much a part of a driving instructor's job as teaching them when to start signaling ahead of a turn. So, what this is what this is saying is that okay a driving instructor has to talk to the emotional heart of the person that's learning to drive right okay we can teach the car the mechanics you know turning on the signal you know whenever however that happens I don't know it just happened naturally because I don't remember ever being taught it but here if you're gonna apply this to your Christian walk it would be very easy to say you know what the, the point of this class is to help you get over whatever your internalized fears are about reading the Word of God on a daily ba- basis or sharing the gospel. What is that internalized fear that you have that hinders you from sharing the gospel? What is um, your internalized fear about maybe praying? You know, some people struggle with prayer. Um, you know, let's let's talk about that. Let's dig deeper and see what is there. I could teach you the mechanics of how to open a Bible and how to read the words. You know, I mean, you got to learn how, to, you know, you can read the words, but, but what is it that hinders you? What's the fear that hinders you from being able to apply what you read and, and, and get from the point of where you are no longer just a hearer of the word? But a doer only you know what i mean and and it really comes it it comes down to being able to address these issues and it also comes down to um disrupting the things that hinder you so that you can move forward and that's what i'm all about um i i don't like when people are stuck drives me crazy when people are stuck it's like you know it's like just take a step you know if you fall it's okay but you got to identify what that fear is. You know, like like here's a fear a lot of people have. A lot of people are afraid to read the Bible because they're afraid they're not going to understand it. Or they're afraid that it's just going to reveal too much about them. Right? True story. And so people and and I'm just saying this cuz there there was a little a po- little short time in my life where I was like I ain't reading the Bible because every time I read it I'm going to get convicted. Right? Um but you got to get over that and realize that, you know, fear is usually all imagined. It, it's there's, it shouldn't have, you know, God does not give you a spirit of fear, He gives you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, and so if I was using this as a tool to open up a conversation about God, you know, that's, that's some of the ways I can even use Hot Rod and Car and Driver to do it. And if you look at the back, uh, the back of this, this car, the Car and Driver says, its only purpose is all purpose. That would be really an interesting way to open up a conversation. What do you think the only purpose of God's word is? Do you think it's all purpose? Do you think it's an all purpose book um, or more? I don't know. Those are just a couple thoughts. I don't know, Bareface, if you have any thoughts about that, but that's all I got.
1: Fascinating.
0: <laughs> it's called Thinking Outside of the Box.
1: So is the show over now, or are we going to get to <laughs> some of these articles? No, but, we-
0: but, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it, it, It's not hard to engage the culture if you can just look at what the culture is saying. right. And then pull that principle yeah, from there's,
1: them. There's a talking point to yeah. Be found. Is, is the- that- <laughs>
0: hey, I'm trying, people. You know, I'm trying. Just trying, people. Okay, all right. So, yeah, we want to. We, we, um, we want to go ahead. We want to. We want to talk tonight about a number of different things. Um, but you know, uh, there are fifty reasons why. We are currently in the end times, right? Um, and I don't know if Randall, did you want to open up with the Hebrews passage?
1: Um, yeah, I could mentioned? do that. I mean, I don't have it uh, pulled up, but what?
0: you don't have it pulled up.
1: I mean, um, I could quote it, but I'll go ahead and uh, what's the uh, pick a translation? I know you want to do New American Standard or the NASB, nearly a spiritual Bible. Um, Seriously,
0: are you bagging on the New American Standard?
1: I'm bagging on on every English translation these days. They all have their issues. But um, I should uh, make sure. you
0: ever get a high-pitched sound in your ear? Well, that's what just happened to me.
1: That happens.
0: It comes and goes.
1: I should make sure that... (sighs) I'm able to capture the window here. There we go. There we go. So, you know, a lot of people often wonder, well, you think we're in the end times? You think these are the last days? Um, I know so. Well, how do you know so? Because the scripture tells us. Well, because of what? Daniel and the knowledge? No. (laughs) Because very explicitly, and most English translations will read this way, Hebrews chapter 1, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, In many portions and in many ways in these last days has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom he also made the world now there's a lot about messiah there the son of god the second person of that three of a kind the you know the eternal son of god that member of the trinity which is three of a kind anyway uh it says in these last days he has spoken to us by his son we're not going to do um a greek parsing of the greek grammar or anything like that but it's it's an accurate translation it's about in, any english translation you'll pick up will tell you that in these last days speaking of now it's a current thing and it's the last days because if you look at the covenants of god through the old testament beginning with the uh Edenic covenant, you know, the Garden of Eden, you should not eat of this tree. Anyway, you fast forward, you know, you know, Mosaic covenant, Davidic covenant, all these, whatever, Abrahamic covenant. Anyway, there is the last covenant spoken of in Jeremiah chapter 31, uh, which is initiated with the coming of Messiah. So in these last days, he's spoken to us by or in his son. So when the son of God appeared on the scene in the first century, that began the countdown, if you will, because, you know, Jesus said in that, uh, during that Passover Seder in the upper room, uh, this, I guess it was an upper room. I don't know. It was a room. Anyway, he said, you know, this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. He didn't say a new covenant. It was the New Covenant, they would have understood it was the New Covenant prophesied of in uh, Jeremiah. And so it's it's the final covenant. So with his coming is the last days. You know, sort of the clock started ticking, you know, the last days countdown. And we're nearly 2,000 years in. It's one of my pet peeves when people say, over 2,000 years ago... Because they can't do math. Um, it's because somehow they think <laughs> AD means after. Okay, you don't have anyway. to
0: go on that rant. Okay. Anyway, but <laughs> anyway,
1: so we're, we're, we're in the last days because the Bible says we're in the last days. Right. Ever since Christ came, these are the last days. Almost 2,000 years in the making, but these are the last days. All right. right.
0: Okay. By the way, hey everybody on YouTube. I see you out there. That's nice. Nice to know that there's a couple of people joining us at your dinner time probably. <laughs> I don't know if it's your dinner time or not. So I see I see Diane, I see Jerry and other people whoever you are. Hello people. That's why I say hello people cuz I know you're people and I don't know who you are. So, let's say it something. It could be bots. It could be what?
1: Bots.
0: On YouTube, I don't think so. Probably not. No. Um okay so let's let's look at let's look at this article this is over on prophecynewswatch.com and it's written by I don't know who it's written by David Reagan oh David Reagan of Lamb and Lion Ministries I got to interview David Dr Reagan I got to interview him uh, a couple years ago he was such a blessing to talk to he was such a sweet sweet gentleman he was he's older of course and and uh um had a really sweet conversation with him about his wife and and how he got involved in ministry and all that so anyway so he writes here the bible says we cannot know the time of the lord's return matthew 25 13, but the scriptures make it equally clear that we can know the season of the lord's return first thessalonians 5 2-6 you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you like a thief, for you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night or darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. By the way, just so you guys know, I'm working on not slurring my words because i tend to talk really fast and sometimes that happens so if i'm slowing down to be intentional in case you're wondering why is she talking weird it's because oh. i'm trying to enunciate better anyway that
1: but huh i never thought that oh really oh okay. maybe because i've been listening to you for 30 years
0: i know Bless. go on what a blessing <laughs> Uh this passage asserts that Jesus Jesus is coming like a thief in the night, but then it proceeds it proceeds to make it clear that this will be true only for the pagan world and not for believers. His return should be no surprise to those who know him and his word, for they have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to give them understanding of the nature of the times. <clears throat> By the way, I should also tell you that I ate something. And my tongue is killing me because there's something clearly in the spice in that chicken that I ate that my tongue don't like. So my tongue hurts. That's another reason I'm kind of <laughs> very food. I'm very, just as an aside, I'm very sensitive to food and different things in it. And if your tongue hurts after you eat something, there's generally a food sensitivity there that you got to deal with. But um, yeah, anyway. Furthermore, the scriptures give us signs to watch for. Signs that will signal that Jesus is ready to return. The writer of the Hebrew letter referred to these signs when he proclaimed that believers should encourage one another when they see the day of judgment drawing near. Hebrews 10, 25, 27. Jesus also referred to the end time signs in his Olivet Discourse given during the last week of his life. Matthew 24 and Luke 31. 21 rather. Luke 21 Speaking of a whole series of signs which he had given to his disciples. He said When you see all these things recognize that he the Son of Man that is Jesus is near right at the door Matthew twenty-four thirty-three. for those of you guys writing down these scriptures, okay since the time of the Balfour Declaration we have witnessed sign after sign pointing to the Lord's soon return there are so many of these signs today, in fact, that one would have to be either biblically illiterate or spiritually blind not to realize that we are living on borrowed time. I have personally been searching the Bible for years in an effort to identify all the signs, and it has not been an easy task to get a hold on them. That's because there are so many of them, both in the Old and New Testaments. I have found that the best way to deal with them is to put them in categories, and in doing that, I've come up with six categories of end time signs. The signs of nature, the signs of society, (laughs) the spiritual signs, the signs of world politics, the signs of technology, and the signs of Israel. Each category contains many prophecies concerning the end times, all of which are being fulfilled before our very eyes here, here specifically are listed 50 of those prophecies. Uh, clearly, I don't know if we're going to get through all 50, but but we can address some of these. Okay, so <clears throat> in, in, in,
1: we can list them, maybe talk about some of them.
0: Good idea. okay. Increasing instability of nature. Okay. Increasing lawlessness and violence. So that one's obvious. That one is so obvious. That's totally obvious. Okay. Increasing immorality. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Increasing materialism. Increasing hedonism which is really sick if you think about it. I mean, if you really think about what hedonism is, it's it's uh, Love
1: a... Love of pleasure.
0: It's just, yeah, it's bad. Increasing influence of humanism. Mm-hmm. Depraved entertainment. And I would say, honestly, that that really, for me, is probably one of the biggest ones because I'm not old. I'm middle-aged. You know what I mean? And I just remember when I was a child, there was considerable more decency on TV than there is now. I don't have cable TV. Uh, we, we don't subscribe to anything. I think we have Amazon Prime because I have Amazon Prime and we can get that. But we don't get anything um, because there is nothing today that hasn't been touched by by immorality in some way and just the deprivation of it. Um,
1: yeah, it uh, used to be that, you know, you, you went to whatever, the X-rated theater for the stuff that's now R-rated, yeah. maybe even PG-13, some of it. But it you know, back in the advent of cable TV in the, you know, late 70s, mid to late 70s, they got around all the FCC broadcast regulation because it wasn't a broadcast it was considered a more of a private than cable but they just opened the door to all sorts of it's mainstream now okay. it's it's even on the airwaves and yeah anyway
0: okay i see sharon is there hi sharon and so's barb um okay all right um back to the list here Okay, Calling evil good and good evil. I always quote that. Isaiah 520 um, is uh, that's true. Okay, so let's talk about that in a minute. What does our society call good that's actually evil?
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, mm-hmm. pumping children's full of opposite sex hormones and, and um, affirming and celebrating delusion. Something that might otherwise grow out of where it's been where it's been proven that kids will grow out of these phases phases, but and we've got a um the sexual anarchy contingent that's jumping in quickly and saying, oh, no, they're transgender and right you know before they you know grow up before they're out of puberty um which they would normally recognize their own. You know. Yeah. Sexuality. They want to get him before then. Coincidence? Gay marriage. Yeah.
0: They call that good, and it's evil. Abortion. They call Uh, that good. By the way, TDJ... Women's...
1: It's not abortion. Women's health. Come on. uh, Don't call it abortion. Call it it women's health. dealing
0: with women's reproductive rights. You know I was thinking about? Yeah, rights
1: even. Not just health, but rights. I
0: have to tell you something about that. You know, as a woman... I was thinking about this the other day. If you really stop and think about who you are. <laughs> have you ever just, like, stared at your hand and freaked yourself out? Because you're like, oh, this is me. How do I get to become me, you know? <laughs> it's like, how do I get here in this body, you know? Um, I mean, you can kind of play mind games with yourself. But um, <laughs> but we will not go to that part. Um, when you, I, I was thinking the other day, and, and. <sighs> This just will give you a little peek inside my head. So, I was thinking the other day, I never had a child. I never got pregnant, never had a miscarriage. Um, and um, and yet, I often wondered what it would be like to be pregnant. Um, to have a child, to, you know, have my body, well, you know, carry a baby um, go through the birthing process. Uh, i've I've imagined in my mind the horror that it could be, the pain that w- that it would be. Um, the I've heard so many horror stories from women about about how horrible pregnancy is and stuff. But then I've also heard some really sweet stories too, you know, about how great it was and, and you know, every woman who goes through birth, you know, at initially, You know, had they're scared in the beginning, but then when the birth, when the contractions start, start, you know, and it's just your body naturally knows what to do. You just end up doing it. And then the joy of having the baby in your arms and dealing with breastfeeding and, you know, and stuff like that. I was just thinking about all of it because I've never experienced it. Never thought of it at all. And yet, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, what... An amazing creator that God was so cool in making humans reproduce, you know, going going back to Adam and Eve, you know, hey, be fruitful and multiply the whole earth, right? And just thinking how brilliant, and it's beyond brilliant that that God's creation was. He, he gave us organs. He gave us body parts that fit together in order to mix the different seed and egg from the thing and then you know only he could see like the the point of conception and just how he knits it and makes this human life and nine months for it to grow inside the baby inside the womb the womb is like perfect it's warm it's safe it gets the baby gets nourished um bones are developed eyeballs are developed you know the the gender of the baby is developed it's a miracle. It is a miracle. Human life is a miracle, and and yet we treat it so cavalierly. Like, ah, you know, oh, whatever. We can just, you know, treat humanity like it's like it's dung, like it's you know, like we're scum on the bottom of a shoe. You know,
1: blight on the earth.
0: Yeah, and I was just thinking about that, and I was thinking if there is no creator then please show me somebody that can create the magnificent beautiful man and woman that god made i mean when you think about it man and women the way we're built is beautiful i mean women god created with extra fat on us he gave us breasts to nurture he gave us hips he gave us you know nice figure nice beautiful hair you know he gave us nurturing spirits and like to love and to cuddle and you know just to 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 be nurturers right and man i mean i look at randall randall's buff i know you guys can't see him naked but i can and what i can tell you is that man's got he is he's but he's in better shape now than he was when i married him he he's got some muscles on him and and, you know, he's pretty hot, man. I'm just saying. Just, just saying. Um, but, you know, I'm just, I look at Randall sometimes, you know, when he's getting dressed. And, and you know, I admire just the physique of the man. You know, the, the muscles, the strong shoulders, the, you know, the chest, you know, and other things. And, you know, it's, it's like, that is good that is good and yet the blight on humanity we treat it as if you know it doesn't matter and i'm, I'm thinking but god gave us eyes he gave us this, these amazing hearing systems he gave us taste buds you know he gave us hands he gave us feet uh admittedly feet are funny looking but whatever he gave us feet he gave us knees ankles you know 200 what? 16 bones in our body something like that and 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 internal organs to flush out stuff, and you know, a heart that we can listen to. And 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 it's just amazing. It's just amazing when you read the word of God and you look, look at the Proverbs, right? I was reading Proverbs this morning. And I forgot what verse it was, but it basically said something like, um, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit crushes bones or something like that. And medically, that's what they found. They found that, hey, if if you're happy, and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. My bad. I'm so sorry. That See, now that song's in your head, and you can't get it out, can't you? <laughs> anyway, if you're happy, then... Um, you know, that can lift your heart, right? It can make every, every cell in your body, your whole body, it makes it happier, right? I mean, they've actually proven that if you just smile, that actually makes your mood better. You just smile, right? But if you're walking around all depressed, him and ha, you got negative thinking and, you know, and you're, oh, I suck at life, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know everything's dark cloud if you're an eeyore in other words then you know what you're gonna die you're gonna die quicker and you're gonna be unhealthy you're not gonna feel as good physically because everything that you're thinking is impacting your your body and you know and and i can tell you honestly it's so it would be so easy for me to go there i mean a couple of days ago probably about a week ago I cried for like almost three straight days, literally. I mean, I couldn't stop crying. I was just crying, 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 crying. I was exhausted, but I was crying. And I just couldn't get myself out of it. And I'm grieving. You know, I mean, that's part of it. And I understood that. I had to keep telling myself I'm I'm grieving. I can deal with this. I can get over this. Um, But then I had to go, okay, you know what? i got to put a time limit on this. And if I have to listen to the Bee Gees song, How Deep Is Your Love? 500 times because it makes me feel good. (laughs) I'm going to. I'm going to do that. Because just that music. David played the harp, right? And it helped him. And it helped Saul. You know, sometimes it's easy to do. It's easy not to do. It's really easy to wallow. It's easy not to wallow. It's easy to dwell on the negative. It's easy not to dwell on the negative. It's more disciplined not to dwell on the negative. But, you know, we're naturally, most people are naturally inclined toward the negative. Me, I'm not. I'm a sanguine by nature. And so um, I tend to look at everything through a a happy filter for the most part. But don't mistake happiness for... um, something that's not serious because i'm very i'm very serious i'm deeply serious about pretty much everything under the sun (laughs) probably too serious but you can be very serious and happy you know you can care deeply and and still be happy so anyway all that to say all that was for free okay um all right increasing use of drugs yeah that's very evident increasing blasphemy oh yeah that's totally evident increasing paganism increasing despair i think that's one of the biggest ones right there is despair w- wouldn't you agree on that one randall totally you know i mean if it goes with
1: the increasing use of drugs and the biggest yeah. one of the increase in drugs the category is the is the antidepressants which have yeah skyrocketed
0: yeah signs in the heavens now that's an interesting one because um there has been a lot of signs in the heavens right i mean
1: we talked about last night
0: yeah we talked about that a little bit increasing knowledge this is uh, probably the one that a lot of people kind of take for granted now but like when you and me were little and a lot of you listening we had no internet right
1: we didn't say hey Siri,"
0: right? Glad you didn't say that. Hey, hey, my computer didn't say anything. That's good. Hey, Siri. Tell me a joke. Oh, wait, hold on. (laughs) All right, hey, Siri. Oh, can't hear anything. That's good. It's because my thing's plugged in. Oh. All right. All right, we'll do this one more time. Hey, Siri. Mm Hmm? Yeah, you hear that, Hmm? What an attitude, huh? Hey, Siri, are you better than Alexa? I offer no resistance to helpful assistance. (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) she said I offer no resistance to helpful assistance. Okay, that was supposed to be funny. Whatever. Anyway, increasing knowledge (laughs) is... Definitely it. The internet has corrupted us um, because we have more knowledge than we know what to do with. Okay.
1: A lot of falsehoods, too. Yeah. But it doesn't say true knowledge. just knowledge.
0: Mm.
1: Knowledge of truth and fiction.
0: Increasing travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the explosion of cults. That's a big one. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let me talk about that just for a minute. Many years ago, I, I went to Taylor University's. I, I, I had the opportunity to, um, to uh, take some correspondence courses at Taylor University. And one of the ones that I took was on The Kingdom of the Cults, Dr. Walter M- Martin's famous book, which I read cover to cover because it was the textbook for the class. Since that class cults have just been rampantly and one of the things that we were talking about a while back was we were talking about the rise of witchcraft and the new age and what i see that breaks my heart and it frustrates me to be honest is in the in the church um a lot of the popular big mega ministries and stuff Whereas they might not technically be defined as a cult, they are definitely heretical in their teaching. And, you know, they are uh, very, very dangerous. And yet at the same time, cults are nothing new. In the Bible, we have, I mean, there's, it talks about how many will come and, Jesus, you know, saying that they're him, you know, they're that they're Jesus. So um, I will just give you a quick tip. One of the things I learned in that class was that uh, Jehovah's Witnesses tend to target uneducated people. Okay. So typically a Jehovah's Witness is not going to have a college education, whereas a Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is what they prefer to be called, um, they tend to... Um, target educated people college educated in particular of course you got Brigham Young and all that of course we we looked at um, other things I'm not gonna go go there but we we've, we've looked at a lot of different things um, and here this is why cults succeed though they succeed because they keep people out of God's word right if you're not reading God's word, it's going to be a lot easier to get sucked into a to a cult because cults often have narcissistic charismatic leaders and um and they love bomb they love bomb their people you know um and they also give they give the recruitee something to do this is very common in the in the lds church in particular i remember a friend of mine um, he, he started going to the Mormon church because, uh, they offered to give him pizza. <laughs> he wanted to eat some pizza. So, uh, he was trying to move and they came, they tried to offer help moving. He accepted it and then they kind of roped him in and they gave him a title as elder. Next thing you know, he's going on a little mission, which he didn't really care about. All he cared about was the pe- the, the pizza and the community and, um, they, the cults give, people something to do, and they're led by these charismatic leaders who tell them what to do. And a lot of people, well, we're sheep, right? Hey, you know, uh, the shepherd over here said to go do this. Okay, yeah, let's do this. And they're usually very works-based. They lack grace, um, and they, they minimize Jesus altogether. So, um, one way that you can combat the cult is by reading the Bible, <laughs> you know. And I highly recommend Precept Ministries because uh, K. Arthur has, you know, essentially put inductive Bible study on the map where, you know, you learn to use the Bible as your own resource to, to study the Bible. That's how I was taught years ago. Um, and it's never failed me because if you're actually reading the Bible, and then looking at what people say, you can compare it, and it's it's easy to discern. But you have to do it. You got to do it. Got to do the work.
1: Now the cults will have some uh, other source of of authority outside of the Bible.
0: Yep, uh, the proliferation of false Christs, which. We've, you know, covered so many of that on this show over the time. increase Increasing apostasy in the church. That's something that, like, I was just talking about. I mean, uh, it would be really easy. I was telling um, some friends tonight, we were talking, and it would be so easy for me to make this show all about exposing the error in the church.
1: Plenty of it.
0: I mean... There are ministries that list big names, and I know some of you follow these people, and I don't know why you follow that. Well, I kind of know why some of you follow some of them, but but there's so much apostasy in the church, so much, and it's so, so, so sad um, because people want to hear things. They want their ears tickled, and so these people are going to just tell them what they want to hear they're not gonna tell them the hard stuff, right? They're not, gonna, they're not gonna talk about sin, they're not gonna talk about the blood of Jesus, they're not gonna talk about crucifying your flesh, they're not gonna talk about you know, repenting, um, you know, they're not gonna talk about Christian persecution, they're not gonna talk about, uh, hey, you know what, sometimes you're gonna be in need and, and in want, sometimes you're gonna get hurt in the church, sometimes, you know, things happen
1: you're going to have to learn to be abased and
0: abound. Yeah, just like Paul.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, this, this stuff is so, so rampant. And, and, you know, one of the things I've learned over my years of doing this is to kind of step back from doing that type of, of show because it feeds into the negative image of the church as a whole. And I think now that I'm older, maybe a little wiser, I'm not going to say I'm super wise, but maybe a, a little bit wiser, it's like, look, you know what, this stuff never saves people. It just, it just feeds into the discontent that's already out there. And god doesn't want us to be discontent in fact i was reading in proverbs this morning and the word grateful grateful be thankful actually i was reading Col- i read colossians i read all of colossians and some of proverbs and and but in colossians you know we're we're looking at the supremacy of who christ is right and so it's like we're told to put on compassion and kindness and gentleness and and these things that comfort us and we're told to put off wrath and you know anger and malice and all this and it seems to me that sometimes it's really easy to feed into our flesh because let's be honest man if somebody does something to you you want to smack them in the nose you know it's like hey in my flesh you just stay. you know i i used to I, randall can tell you i used to one of my favorite phrases was you know what if you don't knock it off i'm going to hit you overhead with a lead pipe i mean that was that was me i mean if you put a gang jacket on me when i was in my 20s i would have kicked your butt seriously i was so ticked off at the world and people and i hated people i hated i hated the church i was like people in the church guys are a bunch of hypocrites you know i mean i've gone down that route i get it but i was so hurt at that point in my life i was angry not so much at the church but the church got my wrath because there was no other place for me to get to put it right and when you have increasing cults and apostasy in the church and you're trying to reach people and help them out of it that ain't gonna i mean you're you're not always it's it doesn't it's not received well you know which is why hopefully as an older woman you know you come in and you take the people that are wounded and you nurture them and love them and listen to them and figure out why they feel the way they do, you know, because I can guarantee you, most people don't listen. Most people aren't interested in listening. And when you stop to listen, you get way more information that will give you way more insight to how you can help somebody and why that person might be hurt. So, and that 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 is where we need, you know, if if you we if you can do that in a genuine way and and win people to Jesus, so that they can see who Jesus is, right? Because it's not about us; it's about It's about Christ, you know. Jesus isn't just another crucified man. He is the Son of God. He loved women. He touched children. And he empowered his followers, not by bullying them or telling them all these things that they have to do and, you know, beating them, but by loving them and telling them, this is how it goes. And this this, you know, follow me is what he said. Follow me. Right? <laughs> so, if you're not looking at Jesus or reading his words, you're not following him. Pretty much. Got to know, you got to know you got to know where he's going. Follow the leader. Follow him, then he will lead you. You know, and and I, I heard a sermon, um I think it was Gary that that said this sermon, but um He was talking about how Peter uh, submitted to Jesus when Jesus, after he had fished the whole night, Peter had fished the whole night, he didn't catch anything. Uh, But Jesus said, hey, put the net in over there. And Peter could have went, really? Hey, I'm a a commercial fisherman. I've fished my whole life. I've been out there all night, didn't catch anything. You are a carpenter. And you know what? What do you know about fishing? <laughs> but he didn't say that. He actually went and did what Jesus said. And of course, God called all the fish into the nets and he had too many fish that he didn't know what to do with. Um, it takes a little bit of faith and trust to do that, right? It takes trust to believe that Jesus is going to lead us in the right way. And yeah, I dare you. To show me anywhere in Scripture where Jesus ever hurt anybody, you know, and and that's that's part of the unfortunate misconception a lot of people have about the church is that they look at it and they go, "Well, you know, you Christians are a bunch of hypocrites." Well, hey, if the shoe fits,
1: there's room for one more. You
0: know, okay, none of us are perfect, but it is the church isn't about us anyway. It's about Jesus. That's who it's about. So, I always say, you know, look, hey, you can always find something wrong with the church, but on the flip side, you can always find something right with it as well. And if you can't find anything right where, look, where, when it comes to humanity or whatever, then maybe if you looked at the head of the church, who's Jesus, then you will. Um... You know, I, I wrote something a while back on some website. Anyway, somebody was talking about how, I know it was Facebook. Somebody was talking about how Christians are horrible and blah, blah, blah. Christians are intolerant. They're this, they're that, blah, 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 blah. And I left a comment and I said, you know, I actually re- very respectfully disagree with you because I don't know any Christians the way that you're describing them. But I know the media and how they describe Christians. But I don't know any Christians that are this way. I don't know any real Christians that go around calling homosexuals bad names and throwing them out of the church. I, I don't know any Christian that steals, you know, or intentionally swindles. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know any real believer that does all the things we're accused of doing. But the, but the truth is, it is that there are people who pretend to be believers that do it. And that's where discernment and wisdom comes in. Anyway, back to this list. Increasing attacks on Jesus. Do we really need to talk about that? Because that's constant. Uh, Increasing attacks on the Bible. Yep, Uh, that's one of my favorite ones. Because if you actually take the time to look at the history of the Bible, how it was put together, what the Bible actually says, it's so easy to refute all that stuff. Um, Increasing persecution of Christians. That is very true. I will tell you that we are living in a day and age uh, where uh, Christian persecution is at the highest it's ever been Mm -hmm. in the history of the world. And I know that for a fact, okay? I used to write the blog for eight years about that topic and um, it's just true. You're not hearing about it, but it's true. Um, Increasing occultism. Yep, that's way up there as well. Wars and rumors of wars. Uh yeah, yeah, heard of any wars gone on lately?
1: Any <laughs> rumors of wars, saber rattling going on around the world.
0: Yep. Weapons of mass destruction. hmm Increasing famine. Increasing pestilence. Computer technology. Impact of television, satellite technology, virtual reality. That's, a, that's an interesting one because virtual reality, I believe, is going to play a part with the Antichrist. I totally believe that.
1: That's David citing the uh...
0: Revelation 13, yeah. Uh, the unification of Europe. I'm not an expert on geog- geography or anything like that, so I'll just have to believe him on that one. Far eastern, uh, Far Eastern military powers movement toward world government. Well, that's obvious. Anybody who doesn't see that we have a one world government pretty much already in place right now, I don't know where you're at cuz it's totally here. Uh, regathering of the Jews, that happened, the reestablishment of Israel that happened, the re- the reclaim reclamation, reclamation. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Reclamation of the land of Israel, revival of biblical Hebrew. I guess bareface is learning Hebrew, so there's evidence there, huh?
1: Yeah, it's, it's miraculous that there's no yeah, yeah, yeah no, no other language. And I spoke to that. I think it was, I think it was last week, Sunday night. Yeah, the language of God. That there's no other language in human history. Which well, it's 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 very old. It it precedes for sure. It precedes you know Phoenician, Greek, and Uh, I don't know if it's as old as Egyptian. Uh, uh, In any case, very old language. Uh, Most of our modern languages owe our, you know, our alphabets too, Hebrew alphabet. Anyway, but it's a language that pretty much disappeared uh, regular speaking in the first century, like nearly 2,000 years ago. And not only do we have a nation that's reborn, you know, the regathering of the Jews, the in of Israel, and the reclamation of the land of Israel in modern times. We also have a revival of the language, a language that was essentially okay. dead for nearly 2,000 years. There's, there's, I mean, sure, we still use Latin in uh, you know, ac- academic circles, and the reason we use Latin is because it's no longer spoken, and so they feel like it can be preserved because it's not constantly changing on a daily basis, but... I mean, but even Latin was a common language not too long ago. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. Hebrew is resurrected just like the nation. And...
0: um Yep. Um The reoccupation of Jerusalem, the resurgence of the Israeli military, refocusing on uh, world politics on Israel, Russian threat to Israel, Arab threat to Israel... <laughs> The denial of the second coming, that's a big one.
1: Yeah, and that's, there couldn't be a denial of the second coming unless it was a first coming.
0: Yep. Denial of creation by God, that's obvious. Uh, Outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Translation of the Bible into many languages. um, Preaching the gospel, preaching of the gospel worldwide. The revival of Messianic Judaism, which is a big one. The revival of Davidic praise and worship and the understanding of Bible prophecy. Those are the 50 that Dr. Reagan...
1: As he said, this um, list could be greatly expanded.
0: But this is all happening now at the same time. And I think that's the key. That's the key. So, yeah. So there you go. That is a little bit of our show tonight. I mean, that's pretty much the show. It went by fast, didn't it? Yeah, it did. You know it did. So anyway, um, so I want to thank you guys for tuning in, and um, let you know that um, tomorrow night Bareface is going to be taking the reins. I got uh, I have to do a video conference with something. I'm giving a I'm giving a testimony. Yeah, I am. Well, actually, here, let me practice on you. I'll give you a testimony really fast. So I sell Legal Shield, right? And if you don't know what that is, it's basically a twenty-five dollar a month membership, um, and Um, one of my friends recently went out of town. She went out of state, stayed at a hotel. And when she came home, she realized she forgot her jewelry at the hotel, in the safe that she was keeping it in. And um, so she called the hotel and the hotel said, oh, there's nothing there. And she's like, well, I know it's there because I didn't bring it home. It's in the safe, you know. Um, Anyway, make a long story short, she called the attorney at here in Tennessee and um they told her what to do she called the hotel back up hotel still kind of gave her a a run around and stuff finally she called him back said look I'm gonna have my attorney contact you and lo and behold miraculously all of a sudden they found her jewelry I asked her I said how much was your jewelry worth and she said about $10,000 and I said okay so you paid twenty five dollars a month for this membership, and you got your ten thousand dollar jewelry worth back. That's a pretty good deal. Um, it's sad that she had to do that, but the fact that she was able to get that legal help for twenty five bucks,
1: four hundred months worth of membership.
0: Yeah, um, you know, a, a good reason to get Legal Shield if you don't have it. Uh, and uh, so anyway, I have to share that with my team tonight tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is, um, our big team call. There's like a hundred people on it and I have to, I have to, I have to speak to all those people and, and share the story so that we can, you know, encourage more people to get protected. Um, so there you go. So thanks for, uh, tuning in. I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Have a good time tomorrow at church. If you go in person or watch online, um, and do me a favor and uh, tell somebody that you love them and give them a hug and tell them that Jesus loves them, cares about what they're going through. Um, and uh, if, you, if you don't mind pointing here to hear Bible News Radio, where we are trying to reach the hearts of people, one verse at a time.